The post office told every single one of us sat here today, told us over and over, you're the only one. And that was wrong. That was a lie, actually. Because, well, look at us. Here we all are. And from this moment forwards, none of us will be the only one ever again. That's a snippet of Mr. Bates versus the post office, which has been the talk of this office here in News Talk over the last little while. Uh, every single person that I spoke to in the office has told me to watch it. And I sat down and I watched it on Thursday evening. You are going to get so angry when you watch this TV show because it's obviously based on true stories and you see the human impact of the entire interaction uh, with the Post Office Corporation in the UK. And at the heart of this is technology. Uh, There were questions around the systems that were used to try and, you know, I suppose very often when technology is brought in, it's brought in to try and make life easier, right? But that wasn't the case. And the human cost of this fiasco uh, was pretty significant. So if you haven't already watched it, I would highly recommend it. You can get it on the Virgin Media Player. Um, It's only four episodes. Utterly compelling, but it will break your heart. Um, So that's my recommendation of the week. Uh, If there's anything that I should be watching, because I'm dreadful, as I said earlier on in the show, I always go home and watch the same thing over and over again. I've fallen into this habit now of when I get home, just popping succession on, just having the background while I potter around. Uh, But... What should I be watching? Email me, techtalk at newstalk.com. Now, on Thursday of this week, I had a very fun day. I got to leave Marconi House and head out to Dublin's RDS, where thousands of students congregated because it was the first public day of the BT Young Scientist and Technology Exhibition. I took part in this uh, event when I was in school in third and fourth year, and it's one of the best things I did during my time in secondary school. I absolutely loved it. So getting to go down every year for work is such a thrill. I would just book it into your calendar for next year. It is fantastic. Uh, It's the 60th year of the competition, which is obviously a significant landmark. And before I walked the floors to meet some of the contestants, I caught up with Shay Walsh, who is the Managing Director of BT Ireland, who told me a little bit about the importance of this event. At its very essence, it is an exhibition to allow students to demonstrate their interest in in, uh, science-based projects, STEM projects so science technology engineering and maths so that that is at its most basic where where they get judged um, and then a, an overall winner is 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 pretty it's not called a competition for that reason but it is ultimately there is a winner so so i suppose in essence it is a competition but the most important thing is to give the, the students a platform and, and, a, and, a, and a shop window to demonstrate their interest in science technology in, in engineering and maths mm. and every year it seems to go from strength to strength i remember walking these halls last year and being struck by the relevance of the projects It's no longer just some obscure thing that pops into the brain of the child. They seem to be looking at societal issues, technological issues, ethical issues, medical issues, and putting their projects to work to try and find some proper answers, which is a good sign for the youth of Ireland. Yeah, that's spot on. I mean, again, 
every year there's just there's an increased interest in what's surrounding them so so this year we're particularly seeing um, them using AI and ChatGPT uh, for their projects number one but also then looking at the impact of ChatGPT and AI have in their in their surroundings and from from a social media perspective the impact it has on them but there are some recurring themes every year that they look at in terms of concern about the environment concern about mental health of of, of, of all ages but particularly the um, uh, students of their own age uh, as well as safety and we've created a new category this year of health and well-being so you know it, the, the interest peaks every year to this year we've had 2040 entrants uh, of over 4,200 4, students. We've room here for 550 projects, but that means that the quality this year, obviously, you know, is one in four of, of, of the projects you receive. So we do a pre-listing um, uh, of the uh, projects and we, and we the judges do a pre-judge of those and we whittle it down to the top um, 550 projects. I think, I think a measurement of how good those projects are and the quality of those projects is that the Irish winner of the EU competition of the BT Young Scientist competition I should say has gone on to win the EU competition 17 out of 35 times so I think that that tells the real story uh, a, a, you know a demonstrable quality that comes out of the BT Young Scientists and Technology Exhibition. And this year is the 60th year of the comp of the event uh, I should say yeah. which is incredible why do you think it is so long-standing and so ingrained in the Irish events calendar, both from a school point of view, but also from a family point of view? Because I know my own friends who have kids now are dying to bring their kids down this weekend to have a look around and walk the halls that they walked when they were in transition year or fifth year and so on. I, I think it's multifactorial. I think the number one thing is um, the education system in Ireland is really still passionate about uh, science, engineering, technology. Um, because of the great teachers, uh, we have nearly half the schools in the in the in the country uh, uh, have, have put a, a project in. I think secondly, it's the time of the year. It's January. Christmas is over. Um, schools haven't quite started back yet, um, and um, it has become a, a a point in the calendar that everyone looks forward to. Um, but but I think it's become an institution because of of the systems in place, the educational systems, the interest I think parents have in, in educating their, their their sons and daughters to make sure that they move on uh, in their careers, and they and they their interest in science is is um, is fostered and uh, and incubated. And I think. This gives them the platform to do that. And I think that the success really is down to the co-founders, Dr. Tony Scott and Father Tom Burke, the late Father Tom Burke. And Tony Scott is a judge here this week. He's going to be judging the, the projects today. So there's a continuity there. Uh, we're, it's our 24th year of, of sponsoring the event. So we've been here at, at moving things forward over the last 24 years and we're committed for another another three years. So I think it's all of those factors where, but I think the, 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 the Irish, um, desire to you know to get engaged in science. I also think that if you look at the large organisations that are in Ireland, the tech the tech sector, but also the biopharma sector, you know they, they need the graduates. They need these students being interested in science to then move on. About 75% of the students here will go on to study specifically study a science or engineering related subject in third level. So there's a it's it's a real it's a real kind of showcase for their talents and then encourages them to go on to third level. 
Yeah, and that's something that stood with me because my participation when I was in third year in school and indeed in transition year as well, this was the first time I realised that science and projects could be fun. Yeah. And you also learn those soft skills in terms of presenting to the judges and talking to the people who walk by the stands. How important is it uh, that there's an emphasis on those soft skills as well as the science and the technology? It, it's it's probably the secret ingredient to this. Um, we, we had a session yesterday with uh, some of the alumni, some of the past winners, and are, you know, a very, very important part of this is the social aspect to it, because um, a lot of these students will have worked on these projects, some of them are individuals on their own, some of them in groups, but generally they'll be working maybe with their teacher, uh, and, and uh, maybe their, their parents will take an interest. But it's in, in, over these four days, the entire public come in, there's 40,000 visitors here that will come in, they'll be asking the students what their project is, and those students are like, their eyes brighten up, their, their confidence grows because they go, somebody's interested in this project, not just me or my partner in the project or my teacher. You know, they, 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 you know at the public we have great support from politicians, all our, all our VAP visitors here, and it really gives them a sense of um, this matters. It's not just a little kind of pet project for me. You know, people are interested in asking me questions, and, and they're serious questions. Like the judging here isn't a token gesture. You have third level. We have three of the presidents of the of UCC, UCD, and TCD here who are judges this week. So it just goes to show you the importance they place on this, and I think it gives the students a real sense of you know this matters and science matters, and I think that is a huge ingredient to this. But but the fact that they're there with their peers, they found their tribe this week. Um, and, they, and, and the alumni say that they have made friends and went, went specifically went to college with people, not in their school, but who, people who they met here at the, uh, at the Young Scientists. My final question, you mentioned it's 24 years uh, of the BT partnership with this event. Why does this matter to BT and what does BT get from this association? Um, it matters to us because ultimately we're a technology company um, uh, at, at a very selfish level we need these uh, students to go on to invent the next technologies that we're going to use to d deliver for our customers. I think it matters for us as, as, a, as a part of the, of the, the Irish landscape, you know, our, 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 um, our, our involvement with our customers, uh, involvement with our um, uh, educational institutions as well. I think it, it, it's incumbent upon us, you know, we, we're very actively involved in business the community. This is all part of that, that, that fabric of Irish society, creating a better future for Ireland. And we obviously benefit from that because we get employees of the future. Customers benefit from it as well because they get employees and they get the technology that's developed here. And overall, Ireland you know, is very, very intrinsically linked to our foreign direct investment. No longer is our tax kind of the main reason, it's talent. So this really is a, is a, is a development of talent and an encouragement for that talent to, to show their capabilities here. So it's a real, it's a symbiotic, it's a virtuous circle really for us. So really proud to be the custodian of it uh, and the organiser of it. Really for us, it's, it, it's also employee engagement, to be honest, Jess. Our, we have 100 and, nearly 150 employees who are involved in this and it is a massive reason why people stay with BT in Ireland because they just love coming here every year and being involved and the buzz that they get out of here. It's, it's, we get more out of it than we put into it, to be honest, but it's, it's a fantastic thing to be associated with. Yeah, that was Shay Walsh of BT Ireland speaking to me on Thursday morning in the RDS at the BT Young Scientist and Technology Exhibition. After I spoke with Shay, I got to grab a coffee, walk down the stairs and spend such an enjoyable few hours walking amongst the students, meeting them, hearing about their projects and getting that warm, fuzzy glow of everything is going to be OK. These kids are incredibly smart 
They are incredibly curious and they are incredibly innovative. Here are just some of the projects that stood out to me. Hi, my name is Sean O'Sullivan and I go to school at Colossal Curon in Croom, County Limerick. Can you just tell me a little bit about your project? So my project was inspired by the release of ChatGPT. Um, that was in November of 2022. And since then, we've been struggling to try and develop an accurate way of detecting AI-generated content. My project takes a pivoted approach. Rather than trying to, de- to detect AI-generated content, it detects the author referenced by past examples of their writing and a new presented piece. It does this by deconstructing each presented piece into 58 different values, which represents that author's style. And through comparing this, it can lead to an up to three-fold accuracy increase where current AI content detectors are completely bypassed. And how long does that process take? In terms of generating the embedding representations, less than a second. The comparison, even less time. Wow. And talk me through your methodology here, because uh, this is something that you know we as journalists have faced quite a bit in the last wee while. The New York Times is now suing uh, OpenAI because of issues like this. So initially, what I had to train was a sim- it's called a Siamese neural network, and I trained this with true and false pairings of these past examples of the writing and the new presented piece. The framework I built is called includes context and check embeddings. The context embeddings is an average context of an author's writings from a little, as little as one to five pieces. And then the check embedding is the new presented piece. Initially, I trained it using the British Academic Written English Corpus. It had approximately 3,000 samples of writing from approximately 1,000 authors. And then I was able to refine this system using the Reuters 5050 Corpus, where it's very, very domain specific and the authors are incredibly similar. So in the evaluation, I was evaluating the accuracy of my model, but across various cases. That includes human versus human comparison. But alongside that, I was able to compare its performance to the seven AI content detectors I was able to test. And in doing that accuracy comparison, I was able to show that my system, it doesn't care whether it was written by AI, your friend, or Wikipedia, because it will understand whether it, whether it was written by you or not, by referencing back to the writing styles involved. And is this something that you think could be of benefit in the real world, particularly when we are facing the rise of not only ChatGPT, but other AI models as well? I completely, I, I, that's the case that I completely agree with. I believe that when we're training these large language models, if you imagine we're optimizing for them to mimic human-like writing, and in doing that, we're only chasing, at a, moving, we're only chasing a moving target if we're trying to get them to if we're trying to build systems to detect the flaws in how they articulate language. For example, when I was testing these detectors, I found that simply jumping from ChatGPT 3 to GPT-4, a significantly more capable model, all of the detection systems saw significant reductions in their detection accuracy, while at the same time, verify me, comparing back to the base author's writing, it maintained the same accuracy throughout of approximately 80 up to 95%. That is incredible. And is this something that you'd be interested in pursuing when you leave school? Absolutely. It, I, I'm planning on continuing developing it as a closed source system and provide it as a service to educational institutions. Uh, my name is Kelly McNamara and I'm at Logan Community College. Uh, so my project, uh, Giving Girls a Voice, talks about how successful the HSC is at treating girls with endometriosis. And really this big grey area that we have uh, when it comes to treating adolescents with gynecological issues. We have this, first of all, this paediatric age gap. Whereas when someone turns 16 in our, our system, they're signed out of pediatric hospitals and specialists and such, but yet they're too young to avail of the adult services, which are minimum 18 years old requirement. 
So we look into the quality of life that's affected in these teenagers who are just trying to do, you know, typical teenage things that they should be able to do. And the lack of awareness as to what even endometriosis is in these women, because they're just told it's just a heavy period, it'll go away, you're too young. Uh, now, endometriosis is a condition that affects 1 in 10 women where the lining of the uterus uh, grows outside of the endometrium itself. Uh, and when it's left untreated for long periods of time, it can do severe damage to things like your fertility and even to other organs as well that we see in the abdomen cavity. My research looks into, first of all, the symptoms and when they first present. Every data that I can find on the internet, and both the data that I conducted myself, shows that within a year of achieving menarche, of having that first period, we see women start to display abnormalities, more than just a heavy period, more than just some pain. So it's really important that we kind of highlight these issues. We don't talk about them in education settings. We're really not keen to use the label in even in health settings nowadays because we're still under this idea that endometriosis can't affect teenagers, that it's only something that happens when you're older. So I made something called uh, the Adolescent and Children's Health Extension, which is going to be reviewed by the Women's Health Task Force. Uh, where we look at trying to implement education into school systems, symptomology screening when we kind of hit that age of uh, first periods, and just trying to combat that idea that these problems don't happen because you are young, that the idea that the young body is always perfectly healthy. Uh, so education is a huge thing. Trying to, I suppose, find a bigger voice in terms of government policy in that uh, with women and with teenagers because we talk a lot about, uh, see, the adult sectors in that. Whereas, uh, in terms of things like the Women's Health Action Plan, the only services we have for teenagers is the HPV vaccine, which of course is important in its own right. But we need to really start thinking about what else we can do for teenagers around the country that are suffering and that are not being addressed. And is this something that you intend to continue on with beyond this uh, event? Oh, absolutely. I've been really trying to work towards gathering more research, gathering more data. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of people and, of course, I've had letters uh, from uh, the HSE themselves. Yeah, that's just some of the incredible students taking part in this year's BT Young Scientist and Technology Exhibition. As I said a few minutes ago, if you've never been, book it in your diary for next year. It is just one of the most enjoyable events of the year. Uh, if you missed any of this week's show, you can listen back in full on the News Talk app powered by Go Loud. I'll be back with Shane and Kira on Monday's News Talk Breakfast. But in the meantime, have a great weekend.